Welcome to the Italian Wine Podcast. This episode has been brought to you by the Wine to Wine Business Forum 2022. This year will mark the ninth edition of the forum to be held on November 7th and 8th of 2022 in Verona, Italy. This year will be an exclusively in-person edition. The main theme of the event will be all-round wine communication. Tickets are on sale now, so for more information, please visit us at winetowine.net. Welcome to this special Italian wine podcast broadcast. This episode is a recording off Clubhouse, the popular drop-in audio chat. This Clubhouse session was taken from the Wine Business Club and Italian Wine Club. Listen in as wine lovers and experts alike engage in some great conversation on a range of topics in wine. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production, and publication costs. And remember to subscribe and rate our show wherever you tune in. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Italian Wine Club on Clubhouse. This is the Ambassador's Corner, the our usual fire chat session um, with one of our Italian wine ambassadors. And today, our Italian wine ambassador, actually, he's a new Italian wine ambassador, is Pablo. Ciao, Pablo. Pablo Fernandez. Ciao, Stevie. Ciao, everyone. Hi. This is so exciting because actually, uh, I think, Pablo, we've met each other on Clubhouse first, right? Exactly, yeah. I think I'm following yeah. this, this room since day one, I think. Oh, excellent, excellent. Listen, um, Laika, can you tell us how many have we done so far? Laika, of course, is our uh, Clubhouse backstage manager. She just got married again. Congratulations. Laika, come oh, back, okay. come back. Hey, hey, okay. I, Are you wait, still married? I'm the, oh, yeah, I'm still married. You're still oh, married? I'm actually happy that um, the music, the background music is not working well because that cringy clap. <laughs> oh, come on. So oh, my goodness. Margarita's going to be so upset. I can't believe you said that. Anyway, so there's uh, it's the 60th episode so far. Oh, uh, my Pablo. goodness. That right. is amazing. So Laika, of course, is our clubhouse manager. So, Pablo, listen, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? You're actually an engineer, right? And, yeah. and where, where are you from, first of all? You're from? I'm from Florianópolis, Brazil. And, uh, Florianópolis, Brazil. Say that 10 times fast. Florianópolis. How do you say it in Brazilian, I guess? Florianópolis. Florianópolis. Okay. And whereabouts is that in Brazil? This is southern Brazil. It's close to Argentina, close to Uruguay. So it's a subtropical place. So it's different from the rest of Brazil. We also have a wine regions here. So it's very interesting one. Mostly sparklers, right? Or no? Yeah, yeah. Mm. We have sparklers. But here, especially in the state here, which is called Santa Catarina, we have also white and red wines. Very good because we have altitude here. So even snow here during the winter. So... It's a very interesting new region. So, hey, did you go to? Did you attend the event that Vinitoli organized in um, Brazil recently? It, it was in that yeah. part of town. Yeah, yeah, I was there. 
wines of America. It's like a seven-hour drive here, which is close for Brazilian standards. Then I met Gabriele Gorelli, so it was amazing. Oh, great, great, great. I'll, I'll see him actually the day after tomorrow. So um, he's organizing, of course, he's um, many, many tastings, and I'll be attending. I saw him the other day, actually, last last week as well with Shensa. But I'm glad you got to get a chance to meet the very first master of wine from Italy, Gabriele Gorelli. He's such a nice person and very smart as well. So that's that's fantastic. Um, okay, so Pablo, tell us a little bit about yourself before we get into it. So I, I have a background engineer, but uh, in 2019, I, I decided to take a sabbatical from my career and I, I went to Europe and, uh, and uh, especially Italy. So I was thinking about what to do. And uh, when I stayed these months in Italy, which was only a month, I stayed almost three so I decided that this is what I want to do, like something related to Italy. So when I returned to Brazil, I started to study wine and then the pandemic started or happened. And then I started to, to, to formalize my, my, my study in wine. So got WSCT and uh, Italian Wine Scholar and other courses. And in 2022, I started my diploma and I tried the Venetian International Academy's Italian Wine Ambassador in London which I passed. Woo! So, woo, you know, woo. Wait a minute, hold on. Whoa. It's unexpected, but anyway, I was there trying at least. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, listen, Pablo, but you 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 knew something about wine before, right? Yeah. Before the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I had a wine club with friends, and I, I did some harvests here in, in Santa Catarina also, three years, following the, the whole cycle. So... But it was just a passion, not uh, something that I was pursuing at the time. So, but yeah. So, I, I, is this like your decision to abandon, you know, your engineering career? Was that like a midlife crisis or what? Definitely a midlife crisis. <laughs> definitely. I don't know if this is also therapy, but yeah, definitely. But are you <laughs> over over that lump, or are you going back to being an engineer, or you want to do wine full time? I'm not sure you can make a living doing that. Yeah, Most people it, do it as a hobby. Yeah, it's not an easy task. And also, it's not a, a, a smart thing to, to transform your hobby in work, right? But yeah, I think, I think I'm think i still working part-time with engineering. I, I do some consultancy in, in contracts and contract management, project management, which is my background. I usually, I usually I, I used to work with uh, in, implementations of energy, big energy power plants. But wine is my passion. I'm developing a, a program of Italian education here uh, and I, I, I really I, I'm, now I'm, I would take the VA educator which is uh, I want to, to, to bring the Maestro courses here and yeah I, I strongly believe that we have a lot of potential for Italian wine for Italian wine here and I, I think that there's a, a, a potential also for education and experiences in Italy we have a lot of Italian heritage here in Brazil so that's fantastic we are so happy to have you on board Pablo thank you for doing that so tell us why you selected Angelo Valvalione as your favorite producer today. Well, it's a, it's a funny story because, uh, as I said before, uh, I took a sabbatical in 2019. I ended up uh, going to Italy and uh, my month in Italy became three, almost three. So, and what was supposed to be just a weekend in Puglia turned into a three-week three week trip. So I made a lot of friends there, met a lot of people. So I, I fell in love for the food, for the culture. 
and Puglia became my favorite region. And so with that, one of these friends that I made there is a cheesemaker in Altamura, Vito Di Cecca. Mm -hmm. He was going to show his cheeses in a party at Barbaglione. So he brought me there also. And then I met Marcia, I met Angelo, their parents. I felt so welcome there. I loved the wine. I loved the whole experience because it was a party with cooking classes, oil, olive oil, cheeses, a lot of wine. So I kept touch uh, with Angelo ever since. So uh, it wasn't one of those moments in the, my sabbatical that I really thought, well, this is something that I really want to do, like have the, give that, that those experiences to people. So uh, when I became an Italian ambassador, and of course I'm following the Ambassador's Corner since the beginning, I thought, well, one day if I host a, a show there, definitely have to, has to be Varvalioni because of that. So, oh, fantastic! That is, yeah. I'm I'm pretty excited to um, hear also Angela because I'm I I know Marzia and the mom, the more the female side of Valvalione. So I'm excited to hear Angelo today. So listen, I'm going to leave the mic to you, and then I will try to come back later. Um, to see if there's any time for some questions. Take it away, Pablo. Okay, Stevie, thank you very much. So we're going to talk with my friend Angelo here. Ciao, Angelo, welcome. Ciao, Pablo. Thank you so much for, for inviting me here. I mean, virtually. <laughs> I'm at the yeah. airport, so I'm very sorry for, for the noises in the background. Oh, no problem. The sound is, is great. Uh, first, I will introduce you. Uh, Angelo Varvalioni, 31 years old, is the second son of Cosimo. With his two sisters, Marta and Francesca, he's bringing innovation to the company, as his father asked them. Angelo has an economy and management degree and two master's degree in food and beverage industry management and sustainability management. Still, he has worked as a sellerman during harvest time since he started working in his family company, applying the classic learning by doing to the, their wine culture. Angelo runs the company's vineyards. He's the director of sustainability department, taking care of the raw materials purchases and new businesses developments. He is also responsible for the Asian market and his export manager with his export manager, Fabio Cascioni, also his sports and astronomy lover. And firstly, I would like to introduce our learning objectives here. Stevie didn't ask me, but I think it's very important to, to put it here. Uh, we, 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 uh, we want you to learn more about the terroir of Salento, Taranto in Puglia, its native grapes, and how it is essential for sustainable, sustainable and organic winemaking at Varvalioni. Also, also, we're going to learn how a century-old winery like Varvalioni successfully communicates its brand and image, and also show how good stories help sell even more bottles of wine. So, Angelo, first question is, tell us a little about Varvalioni's history, the journey, and how you got here. Um, I would say that, um, to be honest, uh, I'm the wine company because of my sister. <laughs> Uh, because, like you know, as uh, the only son of my father, we had a very uh, a big conflict in our relation. And then my sister, after my study, say, "Oh, come on, Angelo, why don't you try to to get inside the company?" And then you know, it was like a vortex. Uh, once you are inside, you never go away from that. So that's why actually I started this uh, this business. But of course, now I'm full of passion for it. I mean, it's my life. It's my surname. It's my, it's the history of my family. So I'm very proud to do this job. 
Interesting. And Varvaloni has 100 years old, right? Last year was... The... Oh, yeah. Last year was the first entry of the company because um, everything started with my great-grandfather, uh, Cosimo. So he used to produce uh, a small quantity of wine uh, in the cellar of the house. Uh, I mean, as it was very um, used to do at uh, the time. And, uh, and then he started selling it around the town. But we really gave the, the shape of a real winery. The company was my grandfather, Angelo, who was the person who started to bottle the wine and selling it uh, to the Navy forces. Uh, the, the quarter liter, you know, it was like very small uh, bottles that mm -hmm. he, he used to sell to the Navy forces. And after that, uh, he started to be very focused on the production of the bulk wine. Because as you know, uh, Puglia, is a uh, is the region uh, very well known for the bulk wine is the highest um, I mean is the region um, well known as the highest wine producer in Italy, which is the the first country in the world as a wine producer. So which means that we produce a lot of wine. And uh, this Apulian wine in the past was used to be blend uh, to enrich uh, uh, other wines from all around the world. But I would say that. 20, 25 years ago, the winemakers in Puglia, they started to change their mind and so to put all this wine in the bottles. And uh, one of these winemakers was my father, who gave the, I would say, the next step to our company. So it was always focused on the quality instead of the quantity. And uh, it was always focused on the export. So we brought our product around the world. And uh, this was like, the, um, the way to to grow interesting interesting yeah I, I, this is one of the things that uh, uh, caught my attention about uh, uh, Varvalioni because uh, uh, of course we're going back to talk about the the, the the terroir and the geek stuff about the technical stuff that I know that you you're using your thing but since you brought this topic uh, I really want to to, to, to talk about a little bit about this focus of Varvalioni on markets outside Italy. Uh, tell us a little bit about the winery size, where you export to, and what is the percentage of what is exported, and how you work the communication and pr promotion of these wines abroad. Yes. Um, okay, so Varvalioni produces around 5 million bottles, and uh, the 80% of these bottles are sold uh, abroad. Wow. So not in 20%, yeah, 20% in Italy and 80% abroad. So actually, I would say that we grow thanks to the world, thanks to the globalization. And um, we were lucky because um, the Apulian wine and uh, Apulia as a region, they grow together at the same time. So now uh, the Apulia region is, is becoming a big name as a tourist, touristic place. And the same thing is happening for the, for the Primitivo which is the most famous grape variety from Puglia. And um, also thanks to the, um, to the body of this wine, which is very easy to be paired to different uh, um, way of cook uh, around the world. So spicy, uh, I would say, or barbecue, uh, or, I mean, Italian food, uh, but also Asian food. So it's very um, well-balanced wine, which is easy to be paired with different food. And this is, I mean, in my opinion, uh, why the Primitivo is having a big success around the world. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's it's very rare to see a, a winery, especially from southern Italy, that is very focused on export, 
And it's uh, amazing. That, that's one of the reasons that caught my attention of Arvalioni since day one. So getting back to the technical, to the things that uh, you work in your day-to-day basis, uh, tech, let's talk about the wine you place, the, the, the Salento, Taranto. Let yes. Let's talk a bit about terroir, the grapes, the impact of the terroir on the wines, the sustainable use of resources. That is something that is very important these days. And also the production of organic wines at the winery. Please just tell us a little bit about those things. Um, I mean, uh, Salento is in Puglia. So we start from Puglia. Puglia is uh, a region of Italy, in the south of Italy, which is the heel of the boot. So <laughs> we like to say that we stand Italy. <laughs> because from, uh, because from um, an agriculture point of view, Puglia is very important in Italy. And then we have the Salento, which is our small area. Salento is the southern part of Puglia. And Taranto is in Salento, which is our city. And uh, the story of Taranto is very beautiful, very beautiful because it was the first and only colony of Sparta. So, <laughs> we, 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 yeah, we like to say that we are warriors. Yes, exactly. it was, yeah, it was um, the capital of the great uh, empire of Greece, uh, like 350 years before Christ. So we have a very long tradition and they already produced wine on that period. And we were one of the last cities in the south of Italy to be defeated by the Roman Empire. So we have a very, very old story. And um, speaking about the terroir, the terroir is very, generally speaking, is made by 25-30% of uh, silt, 30-35% uh, sand, and 35-40% of clay. So it is very well balanced soil, very, um, I mean, perfect for the vineyards. And uh, but the most important condition that we have uh, is um, is the wind. The wind uh, has a very important role in the in the quality of the of our grapes because it's very sunny, it's very hot, it's very dry. But thanks to the um, thanks to the wind, we have a very um, we have a perfect temperature range, which, as you know, is very important in the. Uh, in the in the vineyards so which means that during the day we have sun a lot of sun which gives a lot of color and tannins to our product but at night we have uh, always wind from the north which uh, make the temperature go i mean below 20 90 degrees so which is very perfect so the plants the, the vines can breathe mm -hmm. I can bring uh, all the product uh, to the right uh, ripeness. Mm -hmm. And that's why we have a very, very balanced uh, and complex uh, product uh, and ready, I would say, because uh, our wines don't need uh, to be aged uh, for 10, 15, 20 years. I mean, after uh, two or three years, they are already uh, full of complexity. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you, you talked a lot, a lot about a lot about primitivo, but also you have uh, other grapes there. Oh right? yes, oh yes. Of course, we have a negramaro, mm -hmm. which is a combination of two words: negro from Spanish, which means black, and mavros from Greek, which means black. So black, black, because of the skin of the grape, because mm -hmm. it's very deep. Also, in fact, the, the color of the negramaro is very, very deep and beautiful, in my opinion. And also, we have uh, verdeca, we have piano, which is a typical. Uh, a white grape variety from uh, from the south of Italy. We have also the Malvasia Black. We have the Alianico, 
which is well spread uh, all around the south of Italy. And uh, yes, this is the most, uh, I would say, famous grape variety that we have in Puglia. Mm -hmm. Also, you're, uh, I just noticed that was even uh, in a story on the Italian Wine Podcast that you guys just released a, a, a rosé from Susumaniello, right? Oh, yes. Susumaniello is uh, uh, the, the name of, the, of this moment, I would say. So it's becoming big because we have a very uh, small uh, quantity of grape spread around Puglia. And mm -hmm. uh, every, everybody wants to make Susumaniello wine. So now we're oh, fighting. Really? <laughs> yeah, among wine producers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and in fact, uh, because of this, we are now growing by ourselves our Susumaniello. So in the next, uh, I would say, three, five uh, years, uh, we, we will be able to produce uh, only by ourselves for the, the Susumaniello that we need for our bottles. Interesting. Yeah, which is, I would say also. Sorry to interrupt you. I mean, Susumaniello no. is uh, is in between uh, the Primitivo and the Negramaro. Okay. Because the Negramaro is very elegant, is very gentle. Primitivo is a full body wine, very strong. Uh, but the Negramaro is more flavor, uh, more elegant red fruits, and the Susumaniello is exactly in the between of the mm -hmm. two. So with a nice body and a very nice bouquet. Yeah, it's this, this alternative to, to make uh, rosés wines uh, besides being a Negromaro. Usually in, in the southern Puglia, they do a lot of with Negromaro, right? So uh, Susumaniello yes. is different. I think it's an interesting name also. So it's a cool name to say. So I don't know, just <laughs> saying it out here. Yeah, Susumaniello comes from uh, Asinello, which means little donkey. Mm -hmm. Because uh, for the first uh, seven years, uh, it produced uh, a lot of grapes. And so it looks like a donkey uh, with a lot of heady <laughs> on, on it. <laughs> That's why the name. Yeah. And it's also, it also related to San Giovese. It's uh, one of the sons of San Giovese. San Giovese. So. <laughs> so <this is> <laughs> yeah. 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 Speaking of wines, uh, we are, I don't know if it's still in harvest season there. I don't know if it's anything like maybe Alianico. I don't know. We're in October. Anyway, talk a little bit about the 2022 harvest and your expectations about it. What can, I, what can I say? Yeah, in my opinion, it's the the best harvest of the last six years because uh, I I started to 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 make the harvest uh, six years ago. <laughs> for my for my father, it was one of the best of the last twenty years oh. uh, because the weather condition was perfect. I mean, we have a um, um, decrease of the production by twenty five thirty percent this year, but so the juice is more concentrated, but the the vines were very very healthy so we didn't have disease because of the wind we are we all we have uh for uh, two months uh, winds from the north side which is dry and cool uh so the leaves were dried so i mean the, the quality of the grape was was perfect this year uh things that we have some fermentation wine which are on 17.5 percent of alcohol mm -hmm. Oh. It's crazy, yeah. It's it's beautiful, and uh, yeah. but yeah, but of course uh, this is not, uh, I would say, a normal condition uh, because it depends uh, because of the climate change, of course. Because uh, this is the second year that we have a summer very, very, very dry, and uh, of course this is not good because you can have one, two, three harvests. I mean, like this, 
but after five years with no rain, uh, I, I don't think that we're going to have a, a market anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's interesting that you brought this up. Uh, 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 that's one of my questions, the comments on the climate change impacts on Varvalioni and how Varvalioni is preparing to live with it. And we cannot say in the future because it's already here, right? So how you guys yes. are discussing this and are preparing and tell, tell us a little bit about that. Yes, I mean, uh, the, the only way is uh, to use a technology uh, because the climate change is real, is happening. Uh, the level of the water under the soil decreased by 30%. So wow. for sure, so for sure, we we need uh, to reduce uh, the waste of the water. I mean, the level of the water decreased by thirty percent all around Italy, not only in Puglia. So mm-hmm. this is a global problem, and and we need to reduce the the waste of water first, of course, and the impact of the grid production on the environment. So, um, I mean, using uh, I mean being organic, reducing inorganic in a green way. Um, mm-hmm. But of course, to do this. Uh, uh, the, the the company needs investments, and uh, so it's not easy. So what are we doing? We are investing in technology, so um, weather station, uh, um, smart sensor all around um, all around our vineyards. Mm-hmm. Very uh, precision agriculture. So the, yeah, it uh, is. I mean, because monitor. it's very important. Mm-hmm. Sorry. No, no, it's, it's, it's very important to collect data because mm-hmm. it's not uh, like in the past, you know, where um, uh, you used to do something, so you do it. No, now every year it's very different from the previous one. And so if you want to have a forecast, you have to collect a lot of data and, and, to, be, and to be ready uh, in order to reduce the risk of the climate change. And uh, there was a very interesting uh, uh, convention in Rome. It was called the uh, Vines on the Space. Uh, mm-hmm. And basically, they are doing some experiments on the vines, uh, on the vines uh, with no gravity. Huh? Uh, yeah, <laughs> it was something, uh, uh, I mean, sounds like super in, uh, interstellar movie, <laughs> but uh, it's something that they are doing. And um, it was very interesting because uh, without the gravity the external parts of the cells of the vines changed and this is because all the alive uh, um, things on this planet they have something called the self-guide evolution inside the cell which means something that uh, push you to survive in bad condition to adapt mm-hmm. to all the conditions in terms to survive and they the scientists Thought, okay, we we all we always see everything change because of the climate, because of the temperature, because of the sun. But what happens if we change the gravity? So without the gravity, this self-guide evolution was pushed very uh, very fast. And uh, in a few days, the cells of these vines, uh, I thought it was uh, uh, French vines like Cabernet, something like that. Uh, which in few days changed the cells, and these experiments are are made uh, in order to prevent uh, the, the climate change, the new disease. And mm-hmm. uh, it's a very interesting topic, but it's it's something that is already happening. So I uh, I don't know. I believe in the in the scientists, in the science in general. So 
I'm okay. <laughs> I, feel, we, I feel good about it. We have to try everything and we have to be fast because it's already happening. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this is an experiment very valid because, you know, the climate changes here. So, yeah, interesting. I didn't know about that. Interesting. Thanks for, for bringing this up. And I'm going to let's change a little bit the topic, the technical to the, the marketing and the communication. Because one thing that caught my attention at Varvalioni is the beauty of the labels. It's so beautiful. Oh, it's very, like, you have a lot of care with the labels, how you present yourselves in the social media, in the bottles. And this is one of the things that caught my attention when I met you guys in 2019. Uh, uh, like, you have that wine, Dodicin Mezzo, and have a lot of sublines, Bio, Collezioni, Fashion Edition, which is uh, different ways to communicate your wine. So talk a little bit about these various line, various lines of wines, how you define this, the, this way of communicate, and how this impacts the, the sales and the brand awareness. I mean, uh, for sure, the marketing is, is very important uh, because we say that uh, thanks to the marketing, you, you, you have the, the first uh, sales. Then uh, you need the quality to have the second, the third one, and, and, and so go on. So the marketing is very, is very important in terms of approaching the, the final consumer. And uh, in our case is uh, my sister Marcia, who is in charge in the, um, as a marketing director. And of course, we are surrounded by smart people who work with us, uh, designers who help us and try to apply Varvalione philosophy to, to our labels, to our bottles, which is a mix of uh, uh, tradition and, uh, and innovation, I would say. And of course, we have uh, different lines. So we, we start from the, I would say, the, the medium uh, level because we, we, don't, uh, we don't have uh, entry-level wines. So the Dodice Mezzo, Dodice Mezzo means 12.5 which is the hardcore volume. So that's why the name uh, Dodice Mezzo. And uh, is uh, our best seller. So thanks to the Dodice Mezzo, which is a line uh, um, that we create for people who are not uh, that much into the wine. So they are having the first approach to the wine. So they're very easy uh, wines, easy to drink, but very well balanced. But it's also uh, the, the wine that you can have with your friends during uh, a normal aperitivo. So that's not something complex, just a good glass of wine. This is the, the, the philosophy of, uh, of the Dodice Mezzo. And then, of course, we can grow in, in quality and uh, complexity and everything with the other lines like Papale Oro, uh, Collezione Privata, which won the Tre um, Bicchieri Gambero Rosso, for example. And, uh, but the, the key word of uh, our wines for my father, as I said, is the balance. Because my, my father wants that the wine has to be drunk. Mm -hmm. So we, we have uh, the easy wine. We have the, wine for the, we have the meditation wine, which are uh, those wines uh, that doesn't need to be paired with food, for example. Okay, that give you emotions, that give you something. But... At the end, you have to drink it. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> you don't have to, to contemplate them. So that's why I think, in my opinion, all our wines are very balanced. 
and uh, very easy to be trained. Are you enjoying this podcast? There is so much more high-quality wine content available from Mama Jumbo Shrimp. Check out our new wine study maps, our books on Italian wine, including Italian Wine Unplugged, The Jumbo Shrimp Guide to Italian Wine, Sangiovese Lambrusco and other stories, and much, much more on our website, mamajumboshrimp.com. Now back to the show. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, and I have to say, I, I can easily find Dodici Mezzo here in my town, which is globalization. Here we are, but yeah, it's amazing that you, it's a very good wine. And for Brazilian standards, it's very uh, not expensive and it's a very good wine. So, yeah, that's why I was so curious because I think it's the... the, the I don't know if it's the the the, the, the most uh, known wine from Varvalioni. Anyway, another thing I want to ask you about is the Papali wine. Talking about known wine, right? I would like you to talk about the story behind this wine name and how that influenced an unusual contact with Vatican some years ago. This is a very oh, interesting. Yeah. Story. <laughs> yes, like um, the Papale uh, was created. In the 2008, uh, from my father, uh, because we have um, a place close to our winery which is called the Contrada Papale or Papale area, because uh, those vineyards were owned by the first and the only Pope uh, from Puglia, Pier Francesco Orsini, in 1700. And uh, that's why he chose this, uh, this name. And then in the 2010, we had another amazing harvest like this year. So he wanted to give more importance to the papale. And he created also the papale gold, papale oro. So an upper level of the papale. And there is a, the, the, the label is very beautiful because there is a, the article of Naples journal about the story of the celebrations by monks, by nuns on the streets uh, uh, because of the new pope. And mm-hmm. it's the original one. Also, the sign of the Vatican City is the original. And uh, thanks to a businessman from California, uh, we, <laughs> we, we, have a, we had an article on the journal, uh, on a famous journal, because he bought uh, 60 cases of Papale Oro and he, he gave them uh, to, to the new Pope. And we oh. didn't know anything about that, but we had a free article on journal, so it was amazing. We, <laughs> we still don't know who is this guy, but thanks to him. <laughs> yeah, and the, the, the wines are in the Vatican <laughs> later, so it's uh, yeah, it's historical. <laughs> so interesting. Uh, that's something that is very interesting because the communication, the brand, the care of that that makes a result, and uh, it's a marketing tool uh, later. So you can oh, it's the Papali wine, it's real Papali wine because the Papa itself <laughs> himself got the wine from because of that. So, <laughs> yeah, so I think he appreciated that. <laughs> Definitely, it's Papa Francesco, right? Yes, yeah. right. Yeah, 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 right. It's so funny story. And also, I want to uh, mention the use of augmented reality on labels. That's something that you guys use, right, for the particular line luxury, right? Yes. Uh, talk a little bit about this. So this label, which is called uh, Masseria Pizzariello, Masseria is. Uh, um, our chateau, I would say, but uh, in Puglia we call them uh, Masseria. And uh, so we, we wanted to dedicate a label um, to our company uh, for the century, and we chose the, um, 
we choose to, to produce this bottle only from the vineyards of, of, of our Masteria. And it's mm -hmm. a blend among Primitivo, Negramaro, and Dallianico, which are the three grapes variety that we that grow in, uh, in our uh, vineyards. So, of course, mm -hmm. uh, there is a very high selection on the, on the bunches, uh, on each line, um, and uh, it's a very, as you said, luxury uh, bottle. And mm -hmm. so my, my sister has this uh, amazing idea to, to add the uh, augmented, uh, the AR on the, on the label. And, uh, with a QR, thanks to a QR code, uh, if you, if you use your phone, uh, you can see, um, the different grape variety, uh, grows, uh, into the label with all the um, animals like bees uh, and birds uh, all around. And uh, it's followed the, 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 the ripes of the, of the grapes. So the first, the first is the Primitivo grape, then you have the Negramaro, and uh, the last one is the, the Yanni. It's oh. very beautiful. Oh, so you just use a QR code, you don't need an app to, 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 to hear no, it? No, 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 because the QR code uh, links you on a, uh, on a website, I mean, link on, on the website, oh. and then you can use it. But of course there is, I mean, this is just the, the, the the first idea, then uh, you can work on it. Uh, there are many new ideas that, I mean, I, I cannot tell you right now, of course. But, <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> it's just the start, I would say. Yeah. It's only the start. Yeah, it's just about innovation and communicating uh, different, with, uh, to try to reach different audiences. So I think it's it, it works, uh, definitely. So get, getting a link about this new communication, new ways to present yourself. I want to talk about the video game, wine game that Varvalioni released this year. How did the idea come about? And what was the game like? And uh, anyway, talk a little bit about that. Yeah, the game uh, was about uh, um, a way to, to teach, to, to improve the culture about the, the, the grape, the vineyards, the wine, about um, to the final consumer. So uh, thanks to this app, to this uh, video game, playing, uh, you, you, you reach, uh, you had a lot of information about the vineyard first, then the wine production, and then uh, finally the, 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 the bottling process. And it, it was very funny because the, the, the main character was my dog, Ercole, <laughs> which, is <the laughs> guardian, which is the guardian of the Masseria. Actually, he's very famous. All our distributors, our clients, our consumers know him because uh, on our social media, he's always, you know, all, all around our pictures. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, it was a, a way to educate um, the final consumer. And we had a very good response. Uh, not only from uh, from millennials, not only from Gen Z, but also by but also from uh, older people because they're very mm -hmm. curious, very interested on it, uh, and so we're very satisfied uh, from this project. Mm -hmm. Are there any ideas that you guys want to repeat, like this initiative in the future, or do something like a video game again? I don't know. Uh, you don't um, want to talk about I, it? No, you no, talk no, about no, no. I, I, I can tell you that um, I don't know if uh, we, we will use, uh, again, a video game, but I think it's very important to educate the final consumer, uh, to, to let him uh, understand about the quality, about the passion, and about the hard work that you need. Uh, what's, I mean, what, what there is uh, behind a, a wine bottle? Which mm -hmm. is not that, uh, which is not normal because not all the people are um, 
uh, know very well all the all the process, and yeah. I think that's uh, thanks to the education, um, you can uh, uh, you can have something back in sales, uh, but also in brand awareness, but um, also in in wine culture because I mean the culture is always something positive in my opinion. So if we can improve the the culture of the wine. Uh, uh, thanks to the video game or in some some other way, we are we are happy of it. Yeah, usually usually people has no idea how how hard work is to produce a bottle of wine. How many months you have yeah. to spend <laughs> that hard work? The, all those desperations, cries. Oh my God, it's going to rain. It's not going oh, to yes. rain. Oh, this is the time. So it's very important to people give value to that, not only to the final product. So exactly, yeah, exactly. It, it, you know, and sometimes, sometimes I mean, without words, when we, we, we speak with some clients, you know, with some restaurants that uh, on January or on December, they, they, they already want the, the, the new, the new harvest, the new wine. I say, come on, give me uh, six months almost, you know, and, uh, but, but the market is like that. They push you because the, everything should be new. The, every, everyone wants everything. Uh, and fast, so thanks to this this way, I mean, uh, thanks to the education, people can understand better uh, what what is uh, I mean, what means make the wine, making wine. Yeah, definitely. I think education is everything, and also communicating your wine is very important. And uh, yeah, if you're not communicating well, you probably you have impact on your sellings. Uh, it's hard yes. to sell a wine if you, you cannot communicate it well. Which is something that I really admire uh, about uh, uh, Varvalioni, that the communication is very good. Like uh, seeing your social media, like you feel your wine uh, before drinking it, which is very important. The design, like, I mean, the, the last uh, 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 pieces of marketing that you put on social media, like the freshness, bringing the freshness of the, the label, like Marfi, the Bianchi Collezione. The Mar Grande. This is something very beautiful, and I think that Varvalioni does very well. So, and I want to 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 ask you about these ideas about like for summer. Let's let's try to to make a summer wine. So let's communicate to the summer wine. So let's bring people in the beaches and put in the website in the social media. So how that works and and and, and how this. This idea, come. You are a very traditional winery. It's not something that is usual. So talk a little bit about that. Yes, yeah, that's true. But um, um, as I said previously, um, we we are lucky because Puglia now, as a region, is becoming famous. It's becoming a name in the around the the, the, the tourism market. Um, so the, we we use, of course, uh, uh, this uh, this strength. Uh, um, for for our position so what we try to do is to match uh, our product uh, with our beautiful environments like beaches like the sea like the weather which is amazing i mean uh, in Puglia it's summer for eight months per year it's such a paradise mm -hmm. the food the food is crazy as you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, the, and, and the wine and the wine too so that what, what we want to do is to bring the people from all around the world from the United States, from Vietnam, from China, from Denmark, to bring them into the Puglia mm -hmm. uh, from the social media, using social media. Uh, and then, of course, um, if you are able to reach 
in this way, they funnel consumers, and then you you are okay because if they understand the product, if they understand your 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 philosophy, and if they see a correlation between what you show, what you communicate, and what you give them, it's mm -hmm. it's a win. Yeah, totally. And it's a universal language, right? I think you guys export for all around the world. So I think in Asian markets can understand that. A Latin America markets can understand that. Europe, and it's uh, it's very good. It, it really makes you try this wine, you know? Oh, do you see that those yeah. images? Oh, this wine has yeah. something about that. So I, I really want to try this one. It really makes people think about it. I think it's amazing. It's very good. The, the, the work you guys do on social media and in the, in the communicating on the labels and, and very, very interesting. And yeah, uh, one more question I want to, to, to ask you. With, you just brought uh, Puglia. Puglia is uh, becoming a big uh, region for two reasons. So I want to talk, about, uh, talk to you about wine and tourism at Varvalioni, about the experiences you have in the winery. So When did it start and how it works? How is important in Varvalioni revenues? It's something that's just in the beginning or tell, tell yeah. us a little bit about that. Yeah, I would say that uh, it's just uh, at the beginning uh, because uh, it's not well developed yet. Uh, mm -hmm. we, we just decided to, to start with hospitality when we, 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 we received many Uh, many ask about uh, many people ask about uh, uh, wedding into the wine house, oh. but mm -hmm. many uh, we will say maybe these people are crazy, but uh, maybe they're not <laughs> <laughs> because you are there all the time, right? Why marry them? <laughs> yes. yes, but then uh, I would say also that, that thanks to the experience that me and my sisters um, had around the world, especially I would say in California. And uh, in Australia, where the wine tourism is very, very well developed, uh, we understood that uh, it's uh, a need of the market that mm -hmm. we have to satisfy. And um, so we started in the last two years, I would say, to invest more, uh, to, dedicate, to dedicate more time on it. Uh, and now we can offer, uh, of course, the wine tasting, but also some experience uh, In the, in the cellar, but uh, also are around our olive trees uh, or in the vineyards. Uh, but mm -hmm. there are many, many other new projects that just need, of course, sometimes, but uh, we are working on them and uh, we will be ready for all the requests uh, of uh, our clients. Yeah. No, I, I, I have a personal uh, experience in Varvalioni because, uh, as I said in the beginning, In 2019, I went there to a party and it was amazing. And it's very curious that Varvalioni didn't have wine tourism until that year because 2010 <laughs> was three years ago. And it was so awesome. It's like there were pizza cooking classes, pasta classes, and everyone just was full of people there having the great time of their lives. So it was so an amazing experience. And of course, with the wines all there, wow, it's, it, there was in, a, in a Maceria Pizzariello, right? Yes, right, right. Yeah, yeah. So and it's a beautiful I, place. Oh, thank you. But in my opinion, it's because for us, uh, um, as you say, all that food, uh, all that wine, uh, uh, all the people, it was uh, a normal situation. Also, because yeah. in my family, in my family, we are we are a lot of people. Like things mm -hmm. that uh, on every Sunday, 
uh, we have the tradition to have the lunch all together, you know, and we are like 17 people. Wow. And we are, and we are not all. So to have, um, to share, uh, it's, it's, it's normal for, for, for us uh, as a family, as a winery. I would say it's, um, it's a matter of culture of my region. So mm-hmm. that's why we, we, we needed more time to, to, to understood uh, that uh, what we were done uh, was, uh, was the wine tourism, but uh, not, uh, um, I would say, the, uh, it's having people in your home yeah. at a big yeah. scale, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, in a big scale, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, which is something that is not easy to do like every week or every month, it's like, no, else. of course, also because yeah. now, uh, when, when you say Barbaglione, people, people have a very high expectation. And uh, mm-hmm. and we want to give back uh, uh, that high ex- expectation. So that's why if we have to do something, we have to do it uh, uh, very well. Yeah, because you communicate big things and very like unique things. So people will expect a unique experience also because it's a, like a good thing and a bad thing to be good in the communicating. It's like the expectations are always high. So. <laughs> yeah, it's so... yeah, that's true. It's like uh, in sustainability, you know, no greenwashing. We are not uh, communicating uh, just uh, uh, something invented, something not real. I mean, we want to, uh, when we say something, it's because it's real, it's because we believe in it, and it's because we can give the things to, to the people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And talking about family, uh, uh, as you said, your, your father asked you, the, the, you guys, your two sisters and you, to work in Varvalione. And uh, Stevie said at the beginning that she only knew the female part of Varvalione, which is also very important because I read somewhere that uh, inclusion and gender equality is something very important for Varvalione. Like female employees in Varvalione are between 40% or 50% of the total. Tell us a little bit about that. It's something that it was natural because of Marcia, because of Kika, Francesca. No, no, no. It's, it's, <laughs> it's because uh, totally, totally natural, uh, mm-hmm. I would say, uh, because we are a private company. And mm-hmm. so in a private company, if you are a good employee, you grow inside the company and you mm-hmm. stay in the company. So <laughs> and uh, the, the, the owner, in this case, my father, he doesn't have any, I don't know, why should like give more importance to uh, uh, a man instead of a woman if the woman is uh, is a very good employee uh, you know so the, we don't have this kind of uh, um uh, totes i would say in our company so if if you're good you stay if you're not good i'm sorry <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah i would say it's the natural uh, uh, evolution of the of, of the things but uh, but of course um, um, we 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 know that there is uh, s- still uh, a ge- uh, gender inequality uh, around uh, the world, but uh, it's not our case for sure. Yeah, especially in the wine world. Yeah, yeah it's, that's it's very hard for that's right. the males no, to things that, uh, things that yeah. my younger sister Francesca she will be the next winemaker because she is the only one who studied the uh, analogy at the university. And so this is also something new, I would say, in the wine market because uh, there are not that much uh, female uh, winemakers around, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Yeah, so, we, we, have, 
we have some great stars in Italy, but it's, that's not the rule, the, 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 rule, the, the usual, right? Like yeah, you have exactly. Elena Pucci in Basilicata, which is great. You have also Chiara, I don't remember her name, but she's amazing in, in Romania. She does an amazing Sangiovese also. And but yeah, but, that's not the rule. Yeah, right? in in in, per, in percentage, I think that's uh, the the, yeah. the female winemakers. They are very. I mean, they are, they are below the fifty percent, in my opinion. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. Anyway, uh, like uh, we we can still talk here, but if you if you have questions for the audience, we can bring it. Um, can you guys hear me? Yeah. Okay. So first of all, a great job. <sighs> <laughs> Good job. Listen, um, Angelo, I do have a question for you. Um, so in your family, you have two siblings, Marzia and Francesca. Have you got other other siblings? Uh, no, we are just three. Yeah, three of us. So, And then your your mom's still working in the company, right? Yes, yes. Uh, she's still company. And Actually, she, she supports my father, I would say. But okay, so how is the how is it one first of all? How are your roles divided? Who does what exactly in the in the company, and how do you get on? Um, uh, I mean the, the the roles are divided like that. My sister, she's uh, the marketing director, and she Marcia, Marcia, exactly, and she works also in the sales department. Uh, in the west side of the of the world, I would say. So she supports the sales department uh, in the west. Um, myself, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm. I would say that I'm the stalker of my father. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> Your official title is my father's stalker. Exactly. I, I like to stress him a lot, right? And, uh, and to and to be with him, uh, as um, Pablo said before, I'm trying to 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 learn how to make the wine uh, by the classic learning by doing. But during the year, I'm the sustainability manager, so now I'm very focused on the sustainability department uh, of the company. Now we're mm -hmm. doing very big investments uh, on the energy and uh, on water, for example, uh, in the indust uh, industrial process. Uh, and then, of course, uh, also I'm in, I'm, uh, in the uh, sales department too, but in the east side of the world. So more in, uh, in the Asia market, uh, Australia, mm -hmm. New Zealand, uh, supporting our export manager. Okay. And what about and, uh, Francesca? And Francesca, my younger sister, now she's in California. She's doing her best there uh, in, a, in a famous winery that I cannot tell you the name. Uh, but uh, so she's... Um, because it's a secret or you can't remember? Uh, <laughs> okay, okay. the latter. Yeah, okay. Okay, that's fine. I thought it was like she was a spy, industrial no, espionage no. going on here. Okay. Oh. You, know, you have uh, you have to learn uh, from the best always. So we have to you have to improve yourself. So it's uh, it's good that uh, she she take this advantage on uh, on the on the market. So she has the possibility to do this experience. So she's doing this experience. And uh, after California, I don't know if she will be come back or she will go to another winery somewhere. I don't know. But we are happy to and waiting for her in uh, in our winery. Okay, excellent. Thank you, Angelos, very much. 
And Pablo, before I bring Laika on, I didn't ask you the learning objectives because I was saving it till the end. So oh. you tell us now the takeaways. What can we take away from your call with Angela Valvalione today? Well, we learned a lot about the Salento in Puglia, about mm -hmm. the wines of Varvalioni and the native grapes and the new grapes that they are working now there, especially Sussumaniello. We also uh, talked about a lot about the communication of Varvalioni, which is very effective and very good in Italian brands. I think it's one of the best, in my opinion. And good stories good stories sells sells wine which is the papali one was amazing story at the end it is a, a marketing tool until now to nowadays so yeah that's the 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 things that we talked about here and about great. the family Three still can work in family in yeah. business not easy but yeah a lot of you know compromise you don't need I to think. talk your father right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding okay just well pablo thank you very much uh, you can still be the Italian wine ambassador for us anytime. Ooh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, I'll no, see you soon. Honor. Yeah, I'll see you soon at Wine to Wine, right? You're coming. Yeah, I'm coming to Verona and I'm very excited about it, about the Gistis Scholastica. Also, yep. I'm going to Puglia before Verona. So let's see if I met my Angelo there. Yeah. So Angela. Okay. And Angela, you should come to Wine to Wine, by the way. Have you ever been? Uh, not yet, but yeah. Uh, so I'll save the date. <laughs> okay, I will save, save the date. The date. Okay, seven and eighth of November. Okay, Laika, <laughs> let's bring Laika back on. Ciao, Laika. Hi, hi, everyone. Uh, to be a speaker there, right? All right. Sorry. So we're two minutes. Uh, okay, from seven. Um. So for the next one, it's gonna be on Thursday. October 13, so at 6 p.m. So Anna Obuhovskaya, she actually asked me because she really wanted to interview Adolfo Scuoto from okay. Tenuta Scuoto. Um, I think she visited um, the winery from the Gita Scholastica. So that's Excellent. It. All right. I love this. I love to connect the dots. And this is what we're all about. So thank you, Laika. See you Thursday. And you, as you know, you all know, we will be replaying this on the Italian Wine Podcast where we have a lots of, lots of, lots of following, tons of following. In fact, I think if not tomorrow, definitely this week, we will be hitting 4 million. Yes, okay, incredible. So um, great work and thank you all for supporting us. And as we say, chin chin with Italian wine people and see you next time. Ciao ragazzi. Ciao. Thank you so much, Paola and Angelo. We hope you enjoyed today's episode brought to you by the Wine to Wine Business Forum 2022. This year will mark the ninth edition of the forum to be held on November 7th and 8th. 2022 in Verona, Italy. Remember, tickets are on sale now, so for more information, please visit us at winetowine.net.
guys. I'm Joy Livingston, and I am the producer of the Italian Wine Podcast. Thank you for listening. We are the only wine podcast that has been doing a daily show since the pandemic began. This is a labor of love, and we are committed to bringing you free content every day. Of course, this takes time and effort, not to mention the cost of equipment, production, and editing. We would be grateful for your donations, suggestions, requests, and ideas. For more information on how to get in touch, go to italianwinepodcast.com.